Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. It's great having you guys all here in our garden and just being able to worship together really is precious. And one of the the bonuses, one of the perks of us doing the pre-recorded services as we've been doing the last couple of months every week is that I get to listen to the message about four or five times because I, for example, last week when Yaku was sharing, I listened to it when I'm recording it. And then about another two or three times during the editing process, and then the evening service, the same message normally again, and kind of hear it a whole bunch of different times. And last week particularly, I was super encouraged. I was encouraged by the idea that God wants to speak to us and direct us. And for those who missed the message, Yaku just spoke about the fact that, you know, God's ways aren't our ways, but He's committed to speaking to us and leading us. But He doesn't lead us in the way that we always expect Him to lead us. And the route isn't the way that we would have planned the route, but His route is always the better route and the, the right route to take. And He spoke about just that, that faithfulness and our obedience, just steadily plodding until we get there where God wants us to be. It's not always glamorous. It's not always kind of flying up on amongst the clouds. Sometimes it's just continuously doing the little things faithfully. And as He was sharing and as I was sort of just going through that message and the editing and just hearing it over and over, I was reminded of a passage which we might know very well, but I want us today just to kind of continue along the same theme. It's in John chapter 10, just one verse. And I know that I just want us just to type, my sheep hear my voice. And this morning, I just want us just to tie in a little bit with what Yaku shared with, Yaku, with, what Yaku shared with us last week. And uh, I love what was shared now just a moment ago, that God's desire for us and His purpose for us, His hope for us, His joy for us. And I think part of the heritage that we have in God is that we get to hear His voice. We know His voice. That if we follow Him, and if we want to hear His voice, that He, he will speak to us. And I want us just to think just a little bit today about hearing God's voice. I'm not sure exactly where you are in your walk of faith. But perhaps if you reasonably new in your walk with faith, getting to hear the voice of Jesus is exciting, it's inspiring, it's kind of new, you're just getting on board with this and it is really, really amazing that the living God would speak to you. And perhaps like me, you've been serving God for a while and there's some areas in your life in which you're really confident in hearing God's voice. But there are other areas I realized in this week as I was praying through this that, you know, there's some areas in my life where I've, I'm not confident in hearing God's voice. That when it comes to sort of things around church, I, I know I hear God's voice. I know He speaks to me and I, I can run with confidence and boldness in the way that God speaks to us and He wants to lead us. But then there are some areas in my private life that I, over the years, have missed God a few times and I'm not so sure that I can hear God's voice in those areas. And I sense that God just wants to encourage us that as sheep, we hear His voice. And perhaps there's some areas in our life where we've drawn back where, like last, 
Yaku shared with us last week, we're not committed to seeking his face and his voice and just to take time again and to come with the expectation that God actually wants to speak to us. Tied into that is just this thought that I've been wondering a little bit that, you know, Christ calls us to come and follow him. He said to the 12 initially, as he called them, all of them almost, he used the same words. He said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And as we come to Christ, obviously it starts with our coming to Christ. It starts with our knowing Him. It starts with us wanting to draw close to Him. But then more and more I realize that our following Christ, our obedience to Christ, doesn't end with our coming to Him. That's just the starting. That's the foundation. That's crucial and that's important. But our coming to Christ is so that we can go and be fishers of men, so that we can go and establish His kingdom. There's this kind of this dichotomy of sorts sometimes if you were to read the Old Testament and the New Testament, it seems to you and to me about drawing us to Him, about washing our sin away, about our salvation and our, our growth in Him and our being aware of His love and Him pouring His Spirit into our lives. But if we flip back a few pages and a few chapters, we see an Old Testament God who is the same God as the New Testament God, but we just see a different angle of Him and therefore, large parts of the Old Testament, he seems concerned about his people inheriting a promised land and about kings going to war with other kings and about nations conquering nations and about righteousness and justice being established. And I think sometimes we miss that the God of the New Testament is the God of the Old Testament and the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And that as we come to God, that we can embrace that God still today has a purpose and a plan to pursue. That even for us, coming today is not only about coming to Jesus for me and my private and personal convictions and desires and dreams. But there's an understanding that there's the same God who is at work amongst the nations. And I want us just kind of by just way of illustration to... Look at an example of when God came and He spoke in the Old Testament to Joshua. He spoke to him so clearly just by way of encouragement about, if you excuse the wording, the crazy way in which God sometimes speaks to us. Because God comes to Joshua and Joshua chapter 6, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites and the people of Israel beginning to move into this promised land that God has for them. And no one was allowed to go out or in. That's from the city of Jericho where the people of Israel are headed. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your mighty men should march around the town once a day for six days. And here God comes and God gives, Jericho, gives Joshua a battle plan for Jericho. Now, by this stage, we know that Joshua was a mighty man of valor. He had been to war many times. He had conquered many cities. He, he was not a novice when it comes to war. Last week, Yaku spoke about the fact that Peter and John were not novices when it came to fishing. And yet God spoke to them and said, just cast the net on the other side. And perhaps if Peter was anything like me, the temptation would have been, I've done this all night. I know how to fish Jesus. There's no fish on this side of the boat. There aren't going to be fish on this side of the boat. And yet Peter was willing to let God speak into his area of expertise. 
And the same thing happens here. Joshua allows God to speak into his area of expertise and he gives him a battle plan once a day. And if it gets too warm, you're welcome to take a seat in the pool as well. And it's kind of like jacuzzi church. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing their horns. And when you hear the priests give one last long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. And I want you just for a moment to put yourself in Joshua's shoes when God tells him this. Just for a moment that you are this mighty man of valor, you are this warrior, you are a general of this army, this whole nation, and God says this is our battle plan for Jericho. Our battle plan for Jericho is we're going to walk in silence for six days. And the seventh day, we're going to walk a lot because we're going to walk six times around in silence. And then we're going to make a noise. And that is how we are going to win this war. I can think Joshua sitting there at night designing catapults, figuring out how we're going to break down these walls, how we're going to get our people on the inside of the walls and thinking of all of his military expertise. And yet God comes and gives him an instruction which he would, if God wasn't in it. I don't believe the walls fell because of some human, I mean, we've got some architects sitting here, maybe they can figure this out for us. But if you walk around my house in silence for six days, and the seventh day we walk around six times in silence, and the seventh time we make a noise, I doubt the walls are going to fall over. It's not that they'd suddenly discovered some way in which to discover and embrace a new natural law. But they positioned themselves because they were willing to listen to God. And what I've been challenged by, what I've been encouraged by, is am I diligent to listen to God to speak to me because I'm his sheep and my sheep hear my voice, he said. Am I willing to let him speak to me into my area of expertise and understand that he knows more than me? Also to understand that perhaps he wants to do something that shouldn't work. Because if I was Joshua and God gave me this plan, my first response to God would have been, God, that's not going to work. Those walls are high, God. Walking around them is not going to solve the wall problem. God, it's not going to work. God, I know this. God, I've studied this. God, I've learned this. God, I've thought about this. God, I've spent time planning this. This isn't going to work. And yet God wants to come into our lives and sometimes just say, will you trust me? Will you be willing to do it differently? And now I need to do it differently and get in the shade so I can see. And so they go through this process, and I think most of us know the story. I'm not going to read the whole rest of the story, but, you know, they simply listen to God. And as they listened to God, as they were obedient to God, the walls of the city caved in. And I don't want us to be specifically long this morning. I just want us to think just a little bit about the fact that sometimes God's ways don't make sense to us. And in those times, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage myself perhaps more than anybody else here this morning. Let's be bold to say, God, well, I'm going to give your way a go. God, I'm going to choose to trust you 
Because you know the thing with Joshua? If the plan didn't work, it's not like we wouldn't have got the promised land. The downside risk wasn't that, you know, Jericho doesn't fall. The downside risk of going to war with the wrong battle plan is I die. The downside risk is me and all of the men that are leading to battle, we don't come back to our families. And then our families are vulnerable, and what's probably going to happen is those people who have killed us at Jericho are going to know all of our families and all of our wealth and everything that's here is available, and there's no one to protect, and they're going to come, and they're going to fetch all of it and take it for them. God. And yet Joshua is inspired because he knows God has spoken to him. The same thing we see with Abraham. So Abraham has this incredibly great dream. He's got a vision. He's got a promise from God, which he holds on to, as we all should. God says, you're going to have children. He gets one son. And in Genesis 22, from verse 15, we read, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done... Sorry, I'm jumping one ahead. Sorry, Genesis 22, verse 1. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. Then God said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. It's not like God was confused that there were more sons. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. What I'm inspired by there is it's early the next morning. God speaks to Abraham, and Abraham doesn't take 40 days to think and pray and fast and make sure he's heard God's word. He knows he's heard God's word, and then it says in verse 3, So Abraham rose early in the morning. There was a desire, there was a passion inside of him, and when God speaks, I'm going to listen. As a church over the years, that's always been something that's encouraged me, is that there's always been a desire to be obedient to God, to be obedient to Him to the point of foolishness, to the point of craziness, to wake up in the morning and to walk through a residence and go and anoint the whole residence when we were staying in residences, or just to be bold, to step out and say, God, you have spoken and that's enough for me. And this morning, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will stir that in our hearts again, firstly, to know that we hear God's voice, secondly, to be diligent in seeking His voice. And then thirdly, to be bold in obeying his voice. Because what, look what happens here in Genesis chapter 22. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing. What is this thing? You were obedient to me when I spoke to you about your son. And you have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies, and in your seed all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There is a blessing that happens. There is 
a joy that we enter into when we're willing to say, God, God, this is your promise. The Son, God, is, and I don't know how this is going to work differently. I know you've given me the Son, and that's what matters. But I also know, God, that you've spoken to me about giving the Son back. So I, here I go, straight away. And the abundance of blessing that flows because of Abraham's obedience. In closing, just two or three short scriptures that we hopefully know well. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Jesus came and he spoke to them, his disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love verse 20 here. Teach them to observe all the things I've commanded you. We need firstly for ourselves to learn to observe everything that God says to us. And then in our discipling, then in our sharing, then as we investing into others and helping them, are they listening? It is written, we shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Obviously, that word that proceeds from the mouth of God starts with the Bible. I love what Someone said a while ago, sometimes we should stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. That's a good place to start. We have to have a good, thorough understanding of the Bible. That's one of the reasons why Bible school for us is such an important ministry. Such an important place for us to grow, to learn to read the Word well, to understand the Word, to know God's purposes. But then also beyond that, to know that there is the voice that speaks to us. That he says to us, his sheep hear his voice. And we follow his voice and we obey his voice. And hopefully we seek his voice. That when he comes and he, he speaks to us, that our obedience to the purposes of God for our lives are not only obedience to the Logos, the written word, but the Rhema as well, the living word. We see that throughout Scripture as God comes and He speaks to Abraham. He comes to the rich young ruler. He comes to Gideon. You know, Gideon is another man who's about to go to war. And God says, Gideon, I've got this incredible battle strategy for you and for this war that you're about to fight. You are just a few men and you're going against a whole army of thousands. And my great grand master plan for you to destroy this army that is significantly bigger than your few men is you're going to take some clay pots and candles. And these clay pots and candles you're going to use to smite the enemy. And it sounds crazy. And once again, the, the downside risk is pretty big. We get this wrong, we die. And yet clay pots and candles is what God uses to set his entire nation free through the hand of Gideon. I'm going to ask I'm not sure if Yaku's still around at the back there. If you can just, and Sarah, maybe you guys can just organize the um, elements of the communion. If you guys could hand that out for us. I'd like us to take communion together now. Take communion in our group. Maybe just form little groups as we're sitting and, and pray together. And as I said earlier, I think there are three key things that God wants us just to encourage, be encouraged by this morning. The first one is just the knowledge, the truth. God speaks to us. He wants to speak to you, individually and personally. He wants to speak to you. 
And then secondly, are you seeking His voice? We're not going to hear God's voice if we're not listening for His voice. Yes, there are times when God kind of speaks loudly because we need to hear like a father speaking to his child who's about to jump in the fire. There are those times when God speaks to us to bring direction and correction and instruction clearly. But there are other times when we need to be diligent. We need to take time and be quiet and say, God, speak to me. God, I want to hear your voice. God, if you could say anything to me now, what would it be? And take time to listen. God speaks to us. Are we diligent in seeking his voice? And then third one, which is probably the hardest one of the lot, is God, am I bold to obey when you speak? Am I bold to, God, this doesn't make sense. God, I'm going to die if we just walk around the city six times. God, clay pots and candles, you've got to be kidding me. Can't we just at least take one sword? No, clay pots and candles. Thank you, Jacob. Clay pots and candles. Okay, God. Doesn't make sense, but I'm going to choose to trust you. God wants to speak to you. Are you diligent to listen? And are you bold to obey? And what I'd like us to do as we about to take communion in, in small groups now, is if you have the freedom to share, if, if there's an area in your life that you've lost confidence in hearing God's voice. Maybe hearing God's voice as a whole is foreign to you, then we'll pray into that. But maybe you know there are some places where you hear God's voice and there are others where you've lost confidence, you're not sure. You've missed his voice a couple of times and you thought you heard, but in hindsight, it doesn't look like you did. Let's bring those areas in prayer to God. Share them with one another and let's take a few moments and pray into those because I've just saying this morning, God wants to come and restore our confidence to hear his voice. Father, I thank you this morning that you are faithful to speak to us, Lord. God, you've given us your word because you want to speak to us. But you've also given us your spirit because you want to speak to us, Lord. God, and your ways don't make sense to our minds, Lord. Clay pots and candles and walking around cities, Lord, and bringing the promise that you promised to us as giving it back to you, God. It doesn't make sense, Lord. But we choose to trust, Lord. And so we thank you for your body, God which was broken for us. We thank you for your blood, which was shed for us, Lord. We thank you for your voice, which continues to speak, that we will not live by bread alone, as important as the bread is, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And even as we're about to pray in small groups, God, I want to specifically just pray for everyone here, Lord, who in some way struggles to hear your voice, God. So in tune, voice, God, would just become resounding in our hearts again, that our ears would be so in tune to your voice, Lord, that the condemnation and the shame and the lies that keep us from hearing your voice, God, you would take them away, even the guilt, Lord, that drives us to just do things thinking it's your voice. God, come and just take away every voice that masquerades as yours, Lord, in Jesus' name. We speak silence to the voices. 
God, we pray that there would be clarity to your voice. We want to come and say this morning, we want to hear your voice, oh God. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name. You guys can, maybe in groups of four or five, however you're comfortable, just spend time praying together, sharing with one another if there's something specific you would like the other person to pray for. I want to encourage you. Obviously, we've got to keep social distancing in mind. But if possible, maybe pray with one or two people that you wouldn't normally pray with or speak with. If you are able to move around just a touch to do that, that would be great. And then when you're done doing that, you can obviously have communion together. And then there's coffee and tea out sort of on the way to the front again. Mother Bri area, you're welcome to have some coffee and tea and hang around and just spend some time fellowshipping together. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.